Hey everybody, it's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney, over there, Steve. Hi. Hi. I was going to say Uhuru, but that would just be late. Yeah. And today we are back into Sword and Soul uh, with Fallen by Milton J. Davis. Yes, the um, story of a woman, her apartment, and a medical bracelet. Mm. No, that's the sequel, and can't get up. Oh, Milton, you're a great writer. Yeah. <laughs> so, unlike unlike Etta Blessed, which uh, covered the character of Omari Kett and was set in the Kikanga universe, Fallen focuses on the characters of Shange and Mijoga. Um a former spirit um, or minor goddess, if you will. She and, is a guard, the protector of humanity. Mm -hmm. And her consort, lover, human lover, Mijoga, uh, both cursed by, by the spirits to uh, come to Earth. Uh, Shange is uh, forced into human form, although she still retains a good bit of her power. Yeah, she's kind of like Captain America, where she, she's like the height of human potential, really. Or T'Chaka. Or T'Chaka. Or, or T'Challa, or any of that bloodline. She's, she's that type of character. Uh, Mijoga, uh, her human lover, was cursed to live in the form of a gigantic lion. Yeah. So, you know. It's it, there wasn't even a good with the bad, you know. She wasn't cursed to fall and live among humanity and keep her human concert consort. They were like, uh, no. While you're at it, we're going to turn him into a lion, right? And then she has to spend her time uh, following what the spirits tell her to do. So mm -hmm. she she goes around uh, Central Africa writing that which is wrong, more or less. Yes. Yes. Uh, this is set in the same universe as the Changa Safari series. Right. So, Which, so an actual um, historical Africa, but mythologized to a degree. Right. But a lot less than Kikanga. Mm -hmm. is. As a matter of fact, um, the, the Changa stories definitely have that weird aspect to them. Uh, there are sorcerers and, and hyena people and, and stuff like that. But, so this, it's, but that's it's kind of low key, you know. Mm -hmm. It's to the forefront in a, in a few of the stories, right? Um, and and definitely, you know, Chaga is is plagued by spirits at times. Mm -hmm. But this, it's the central conceit of these stories: is sorcery exists. Um, it's for the most part, it's a horrible thing. <laughs> right and and uh the 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 gods want to put an end to it and shanga ends up being the instrument to putting an end to it mm -hmm. um, now in in this this is un, unlike some of his other stories milton really dials the magic up to 11 here yeah. um yeah. and pretty much every every encounter we have is of a, a magical variety, whether it is another uh, fallen goddess in the case of uh, the first story, or 
if it's a, a sorceress or 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 both or both in in the cases of other stories um and it really has this episodic feel to it like you're you're just tagging along on shange and Midyoga's adventures as they're just wandering across africa following the call of the spirits um and it's not even really direct communication half the time it's almost like she's just being led by an invisible um leash to places where she's needed yeah these stories to me um really dig at the roots of sword and sorcery mm-hmm. these, these remind me so much of of conan stories mm-hmm. oh or, yeah or in, in the case of the second story in this collection solomon kane because mm. let's face it if that didn't remind you of the hills of the dead i don't know what would yeah yeah it, but better yeah it was definitely it was definitely better as the, the thing about this this is it has that you know brute strength versus you know evil sorcery that is so common in conan stories and a lot of the solomon kane stories mm-hmm. but but it takes it takes out all the things that make those stories problematic mm-hmm. and and milton davis once again proves that there is plenty of room for those old-fashioned uh sword and sorcery stories but they they do and can evolve into something that's that really improves upon them it's like pulp sword and sorcery 2.0 yeah i mean there's definitely a way to because at the heart of those stories it's about you know who is the other and and you know how do we stop that right (laughs) so and there is a way to to do that as milton proves without compromising um you know other people mm-hmm. or or whole groups of people and where you can have individuals that are bad news but but that doesn't that isn't writ large for the rest of whatever group that they are a part of right exactly and and that's one of the best parts and and as always with with all of uh, Milton's stories, the world is just absolutely alive. It's vibrant. Um, unlike, you know, a lot of fantasy and sword and sorcery, you know, you have this this habit of, of like dying worlds or worlds that seem on the edge of death. Um, you know, even even um, red nails, you know, it starts in a jungle, but there's just something about it that just seems like all the life has been drained out of this jungle but and and it literally it has because you know the the most of the action in that takes mm-hmm. place in a ruined uh city mm-hmm. that is inhabited by um more um invaders more or less so mm-hmm. it wasn't even the original occupants of that city mm-hmm. who inhabit it now so yeah it is it, it was a dying setting in that right um, now, if you haven't read Milton Davis, if you're one of the few people who are who are fresh to the show, haven't tuned into any of our discussions of Sword and Soul and, and Milt um, and and his partner in crime, Balagun Ochitade. Um, For shame! Yeah, shame no, on I'm just, you. I'm just kidding. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's not like you know you you 
get giant billboards with Milton Davis's face. Right, right. And and we're trying to change that, giving what little bit of weight we have on our opinion. Um, if, if you ask me, uh, Milt particularly has this kind of uh, his stories deliver more of the uh, Clark Ashton Smith kind of vibe than than the Robert E. Howard. Of course, he takes the best elements of Robert E. Howard. You know, this, this kind of visceral action, um, you know, and these these characters who are, you know, they have their code and they adhere to that code. They do not waver. And, you know, you, you need heroes like that. You know, we, we have a lot of characters who are kind of morally gray, I guess, in the, the true neutral sort of way. Um, yeah, I don't know AI if I'd even call really them. I don't even know if you call them morally gray. I'd call a lot of them straight up selfish, mm. just looking out for their own interests. Right. And you have you have Shange, who is very much altruistic uh she was a protector of humanity looked after humanity and still does even though she's been greatly depowered yeah i mean there's there's points in the story where she has she is given the opportunity to uh lift her curse but it's gonna cost her um in terms of of you know making questionable moral decisions and uh, she she doesn't she doesn't compromise. She comes close, but mm -hmm. she doesn't compromise, uh, which is one of the great things that you have in in like these heroic uh, sword and soul sword and sorcery kind of stories. Is you kind of need the hero to be heroic, mm -hmm. um, or or else it kind of you know they just sink to the level of of. Of one of the uh, one of the you know secondary tertiary characters, right? And 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 Shange and Mijoga are are really kind of the anti Omari cat. Yeah, I guess like even Omari cat is larger than life and does the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even even if it if it costs him personally, he does it begrud more begrudgingly than she does. But even Omari cat is more of a hero than anti-hero. Right. But, you know, Shange is straight up hero. Yeah. And um, there's, there's definitely no mixed bag when it comes to Shange. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, this, this collection of stories, uh, is, there are, um, let's see, four, four stories. Um, the elephant woman, the first story, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, there are African, uh, titles for all of these stories, but I do not wish to disrespect the language by mangling them. You don't speak much Swahili? No, none. Uh, so the Elephant Woman, this was featured, uh, I believe you said, in Before the Safari? Yeah, both uh, the first two stories were in Before the Safari. Okay. And the Blood Eaters were also uh, adapted into a graphic novel. Yes. Yes, they were. Um, and talking to Milton, it's his wish that all all of these stories get adapted to graphic novels. And um, they they actually 
they should because they are that they're very visual mm-hmm. very exciting um there's a, there's a lot of action mm-hmm. absolutely this is uh you know if you want to talk about graphic novels you know shange and majoga are like screaming for a crossover with red sonia that would be that would be just insane in my opinion yeah it would be kind of cool um and i know who should co-write it with him <laughs> i'm gonna guess that would be Gareth simone correct who currently writes red sonia yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah she's yeah she uh just announced that she's taking red sonia back over with a, a new volume of it nice in the near future from dynamite so but yeah this is this is the type of character that 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 would do very well as um as graphic novels comics um also i i think this this character is well suited for uh, serialized television. If you, I mean, you know, something along the lines of Xena, Warrior Princess, Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. <laughs> <laughs> but Xena, Warrior Princess, uh, Briscoe County Junior. Briscoe County Junior. You know these types of these types of uh, serialized fantasy uh, series. And Not everything in the '90s was bad. Mm-hmm. No, you're correct. Not everything in the '90s was bad, and but you know this story really these these stories this character these characters would be really good. The only drawback, I think, to doing them as the television series would be getting Majoga, because you know you can't you'd have it ha- he'd have to be CGI. Yeah. I think because they do a good good job with CGI these days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get you got whoever whoever designed Gorilla Grodd in the. I was going to say this Gorilla Grodd is right. like perfect. So so whoever designed that character, you know, get them on doing Majoga. But yeah, this it, you're right. These stories definitely have that that um that flair. That makes you want to continue to read them. Um, yeah, it's not a very long book. No, it's not. It's uh, 130 pages. Yeah, I oh, ended up reading it in like two days, two mm-hmm. nights, uh, just because I, I wanted to read it. Right, and it's paced very well. That and you know you wanted to, we wanted to read it, and and Milt was like, hey hey, what'd you think? Hey, what'd you think? Hey hey. <laughs> Yeah, I will say one thing about Milton Davis's writing. Well, I'll say a lot, but um, he really has that pacing down. Mm-hmm. He really knows how to how, when to to push forward, when to pull back, when to drop a hint, when to foreshadow, and then when to just go full on to the end. Right. He's really got that down very well. He, you know, that coupled with the fact that he is almost unparalleled when it comes to writing prose action. Yes. <laughs> uh, very difficult to write a good 
convincing fight scene. Um, but Milton Davis does it very well. Um, he he's able to capture the tension uh, in 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 visceralness of uh, these these brutal hand to hand fights, and these are hand to hand fights. And it seems to me that uh, one of his favorites uh, is for the warriors to wield dual weapons. Yep, sidestep the <laughs> sidestep the the blow. And then come come back with with their swords. <laughs> yep, and it seems like every pretty much every character does dual wield in some fashion or another. Um, yeah. Well, the cover of this thing, or the they, well, we got a we got like an arc for mm-hmm. it, so we don't really have a cover. But there were illustrations, and one of them is um, of her dual wielding. Yes. I can find it. There it is. It's the um, one for Walesi. Walesi, the Guardians. Uh, the, the one for... Uh, yeah, there it is. Very nice. There are, there are uh, some very nice artwork... Uh, preceding each story. Except for the last one for some reason. Yes. Don't know why. Yeah. Okay. But back to the back to the book. It's 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 very difficult, I would I would imagine, to create variety using the same characters and the same basic formula more or less because i mean all all these i'm not saying they're formulaic but the short stories and they are genre short stories and they kind of have a pattern to them um shange uh finds herself in a in a situation that needs to be rectified Mm -hmm. um she goes through you know some sort of preparation emotional crisis to to get there and makes a final confrontation with the bad. Right. So and odds are always stacked against her. Right. So <clears throat> it's difficult to make each one fresh, I would think. And and once again, Davis does a really good job of of giving variety on the the framework that he's you know, set up for these. Mm-hmm. And to to the point where he actually has some ongoing themes that um, connect the stories, just emotional themes, stuff mm-hmm. like that, um, like the relationship between uh, the two, between Shange and Majoga, uh, uh, um, because Majoga. Uh, it's not a human that's been transformed into a lion. Majoga is a as a person whose spirit, whose essence, is inhabiting the body of a lion who has its own uh, spirit and essence, and that spirit, their two spirits, are constantly in battle with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a really clever concept, and he uses that as a motivational point for Shange 
at times. Um, it also he uses it to bring tension um, to the to the stories, mm-hmm. where you get a sense of urgency that if this task isn't complete um, within a certain time frame, um, Majoga's soul is going to be sacrificed, and um, the lion will forever take over and never be a human again. Mm-hmm. Now. One thing that I would like to see uh, from this from this series, I, one, I would like to see it become a series where, you know, we get another maybe group of four stories. Yeah, I know, two I know Milton has said he's not done with these mm-hmm. at all, and he really doesn't know how it's going to end up. Mm-hmm. But I, I would like to see maybe a couple of stories thrown into the, the greater arc of their travels from Majoga's point of view and yeah, his, cool. his own internal struggle with the Simba. Um, simply because you know, I almost kind of like Holmes and Watson, how, how Sherlock Holmes was really written from Watson's perspective. Right. So we get, we get these four stories and they're all written, uh, really from Shange's perspective. Right. Um, but we don't really get much of Majoga's perspective. So it would be it would be interesting to mix it up a little bit. What's that? Uh, I was just thinking that of Shange Majoga go solving like Victorian mysteries and it's from the lion's point of view. Hey <laughs> I'd I'd read it. I'd read the shit out of that. It's like steam funk crossover. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got sorcery and supernatural involved. It's not much to add time travel. <laughs> Just I mean, kind of funny. Drop her in the middle of modern day Mombasa. <laughs> Man, holy shit, it's a lion. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, yeah, I mean, so. that would be that would be the one thing, the one critique I have would be a little bit more of Majoga's perspective. No, that would actually be really cool. Because I mean, uh, we get inklings of it, and we get inklings of his his devotion to Shange herself. You know that they 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 are star crossed lovers, literally, or in this case, star cursed lovers, literally. But yes. um, yeah, I'd, you know, like to like to hear something in in Majoga's voice. Yeah, because really the only perspective you get from him is um, in the last story. Is mm-hmm. it the last, um, or is it the second one? Yeah, the last. Story, you know this. The final story. Yeah, the final in the final story, um, where where you kind where there's spoiler alert there's. There's um, he's used basically as a um, as a selling point mm-hmm. to get to get uh, Zhang to do what she wants to do by a sorcerer who claims to be able to permanently change him back to being a man and and does baits the hook with an example. So mm-hmm. he for a brief period of time um, is a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, so you yeah. get a little bit of his perspective there, but it's really it's through. Shange's uh, point of view, anyway. Mm-hmm. But it, it would be kind of cool 
to have um, to have a story or two from the Simba's perspective, along with the blackout periods, because that can be used really, um, really effectively to, to deepen the mystery of a story where there's periods where um, the Simba is more, is stronger than the man. And um, he doesn't know what happened. Mm -hmm. You would have a first person, a unreliable narrator or a point of view unreliable narrator. And, it, it, you know, so you can play a lot with that. Mm -hmm. and, and like you said, this is not the, the last we'll hear of these characters. Uh, this book yeah. is available only as a digital download at the moment. Uh, it was right. uh, at 130 pages. It was too short for a print run. Yeah. So maybe um, maybe he'll write another story or two and, you know, have a printed version with extra stories. Mm -hmm. um, now, this is this is kind of new for Milton Davis. This is his project for for 2019 is, um, you know, he's released. This is the second uh, effectively single character collection he's released even though um, changa does make a guest appearance in the first one yes changa makes a guest appearance but he's actually he's more actually, of a cameo well in the first one it's his well, in, story. it's a yeah, changa story it is a changa story where shange plays a major role and it's a really good jumping off point because it pulls you into the world uh by using changa and his adventures and it spins you off and by the time i was you know, I wanted to read this book, but by the time I finished that first story, I realized that I need to get off my ass and read the safari books. Need to. Because, you know, everything I've read with Changa has been an excellent, excellent story, and I just haven't read the, the novels yet. Yeah. But Changa's, Changa's all right. Yeah. Well, he's, he's probably... You know, we I called Omari Kett the franchise player for Milton Davis. And I think Shange is either co-equal or maybe just a slight number two. Sorry, Milt. Uh, I would say Changa is number three. Because, uh, you know, Shange and Majoga are, are very interesting characters. Well, see, now... It's hard to say that if you haven't read, right? And and that's that's saying I haven't after not having read the Safari books, so you know that order might jump around a little bit. But you know, if I if I had to pile up a bunch of Sword and Soul books and go, okay, who are the top five characters? You know, admittedly, at the moment, my perspective is very limited. You know, because you have to, you know, Changa, Omari Ket, Shange, Amaro, and that's four. And Emba from uh, Beneath the Shining Jewel <laughs> would be up there as well. That was uh, Balagun's novel. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's like a ton of them from Griot's, whose mm -hmm. name escaped me at the moment. I mean, there's plenty of... of Sword and people who are writing in Sword and Soul, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just Milton just happens to be 
one of the more prolific writers right. um, and and he's you know he's a, a friend so we get to see a lot of it mm -hmm. he's, he's he's i would say he's definitely one of the loudest voices and and one that really if you're into sword and sorcery if you're into fantasy it's somebody you should be watching like a hawk yeah well and that's the other thing because he, because he's very prolific um he's very supportive of other writers in in that community and we've been drawn into so many great stories through griots and sisters of the, or sisters of the spear <clears throat> and and you know his work with balagun and kikanga you know and we've just been pulled into this world and and it's one of the things i look forward to in doing this podcast is oh we're getting to do more sword and soul cool <laughs> yeah it's definitely one of the the highlights of of my reads is when we get to read um some sword and soul books mm -hmm. uh it's just it's it's vibrant it's fresh um it, it hits all the right buttons for me mm -hmm. it it like you said it's vibrant it's fresh but because of but it's familiar uh, background it, it has that that familiar quality to it um so so while it's fresh and and vibrant it still kind of feels like that nice worn in pair of shoes yeah because it's it you know let's face it sword and sorcery as a genre with, with like the little offshoots and and you know different subgenres has a language of its own mm -hmm. and sword and soul is no different it it's a new perspective on on this kind of story but it speaks that language mm -hmm. so you know it, it that's why it's it's just so familiar it's not radically different you know but it doesn't it it, it claims to be different and it is but not in that way not in in, in how things are being said it's what's being said that is different and mainly what it is it's just giving uh other other perspective uh a voice mm -hmm. you know so taking the the main perspective the main camera the main view away from the white male gaze yeah. it's just broadening that mm -hmm. but you're still getting the same thing i mean you're really these books are about good versus evil mm -hmm. and that's all that those Conan books and, and, you know, Fawford and the Grey Mauser, Elric gets a little dicey, but, but even, even Elric is good versus evil. It just sometimes what's good is not quite what you think what's good. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what you're getting. This is just broadening that voice and the voices that are able to tell good versus evil stories. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, if people should be embracing that because it just makes the the landscape of what's available to read broader mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely okay that's my rant uh that's not a rant that's that's just a statement of fact sometimes rants are statements of fact well we're not going to call that a rant because rant um it would be more like me slightly unhinged 
<laughs> because most of the people from the 90s who did rants are now like fucking wackos <laughs> like dennis miller right so yeah that was fallen shange and mijoga uh we'll have a link in the description of, the, of this episode mm-hmm. you can get it and check it out for yourself and yep. really do it check it out i i'm gonna put this one as one of the must reads of the year that's some good stuff mm. absolutely so until next time keep 30 keep 30 luck points